This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Guys, outside of we have arguably the best defense in the NFL that plays in Santa Clara, what are some other positives that came out of this game for you? Mitch Wisnowski. Go ahead, Alex. Uh, I would say Mitch Wisnowski. Unbelievable game. Unbelievable. Like, it's it's very weird to talk about a punter that way. But this season, he's just been lights out. And I remember when Andy Lee he was earned here. that Remember extension. that, guys? He did earn that extension. Yes, he did. And you remember when Andy Lee was here? It was just such a great weapon to have a punter who could be able to flip field position like that or pin guys deep and, and be able to give your defense an, an advantage there. And Wisnowski has been just off the charts good this year. Like we criticized the pick, you know, a couple of years ago when they drafted him because you never draft a punter, but you know, he's definitely done his part in helping this team. And, and it's odd to highlight that, but in a game where it's close and you want to be able to, he's absolutely earning that paycheck. Yes. And in a game that's close where you need to be able to either flip field position or pin the back deep to give your your best in the league defense more cracks at getting getting the ball back, that is huge. And, you know, he did his part yesterday. Uh, the, the punt that was down the one-inch line, I've never seen a football bounce like that, like horizontally where the fat part of the football – It landed flat. That it was did. crazy. It didn't I've land with the nose that. down. I've never seen that, and it bounced straight up. And Samuel Womack, who's been fantastic, by the way, in, in his uh, his short career already, was able to save that. And Ross Dwelly, who's also been fantastic this year, right around the ball like the entire season so far, they were able to to pin them deep, and, and the Niners were able to eventually you know, get a punt out of that. But just fantastic job by Wisnowski last night. I like punters you don't have to extend because they're never on the field. That's the kind of punters <laughs> I like. Your offense scores too much for them to uh, – you don't really care, but no, he's done a, a good. Job. A good punter is the twelfth member of the defense, though. I yeah. agree. Yeah, no, he's done. A, he's done a great job. He's done a great yeah. job. So I wanted to throw another stat out there. I was looking this up today. There are currently twenty players in the NFL with four or more tackles for loss this season. We're recording this on a Monday, so not uh, Micah Parsons was up there too. Uh, he may get there. Um, that game hasn't happened yet as of our re- recording. The only non-front seven player in that group is Hufunga. Was four. He's the only secondary player in the group. The guy's got four tackles for losses already. And that out, run, of those, out of those yeah. 20 players, three of them are 49ers. Bosa and Kevin Givens also have four. There were two Browns and two Bills on the list, too. Um, so the Niners' defense has just been absolutely insane. And, the, and those are guys, you know, Hufunga, 
I was a little, little worried with him. You know, I wasn't sure if he had the speed. I wasn't sure how he's going to do coming in. He's, he's been sensational. I mean, he's a pro bowler first three games, you know, over the first three games, I think for sure. And I thought another player who impressed me last night was Drake Jackson. And, and if the Niners won, the two biggest plays of the game for me were on that drive when Hufunga had the tackle for loss on that the handoff was and Drake so Jackson gets, gets the sack on the next yeah. play. Yeah, those would have been the two biggest plays of the game for me because Denver's driving and they had momentum at that point. They had a ton of momentum and Hufunga and Jackson just stopped it, just straight up mm-hmm. stopped it. And then they had to punt. And I said, those are the two biggest plays of the game until Numbnut stepped out of the end zone. But until then, <laughs> those, those, those were the two biggest plays of the game. And that's the two young players like that. Huge, huge. So I was I was really excited about that. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I I. It was noticed last night and somebody, oh, Vish Kamir, and I, I talked about him last week, asked this, asked uh, Kyle Posey of Niners Nation, if anybody asked Shanahan on his uh, conference call today about Diamador Lenore and the amount of time that he played last night. Diamador Lenore was the slot cornerback last night. Uh, he mm-hmm. played 30 plus snaps uh, in the slot and Samuel Womack didn't play any in the slot. Um, and somebody asked and it said that Diamador Lenore had won that job based on how he played in practice over the past two weeks. And it's just interesting to me that once again, a rookie who showed a lot of promise at the beginning of the year, just like Diamador Lenore did last season is all of a sudden MIA in week three. And we're asking questions like, where is this guy? And it's just interesting to me that that Womack, who quite literally with his play against the Packers, had had the 49ers releasing the guy, Darquez Denard, the guy that they had uh, penned as the starter going into the season. They released him flat out because of, of Womack's play. And he hasn't done anything on tape so far in the in the first two weeks of the season to say that he's needing to be replaced, but all of a sudden Lenore gets those. Lenore had a great game. I'm not saying that he didn't, but this whole Kyle Shanahan and rookies thing is kind of interesting to me. Uh, Obviously Spencer Burford is playing and, and this game was, was really the first game that he didn't play very well at all. Um, And he didn't Uh, Aaron Banks still playing incredibly well, but Shanahan in his, in his, uh, call today also did say that they're hoping to get Brunskill back this week and he can help out inside. My question is, is that going to be Spencer Burford who's had one poor game so far against Denver? And that's a good front, right? That's a good front. You've got Aaron Donald coming in this week. Maybe that is why they're talking about it because Daniel Brunskill is the uh, Aaron Donald stopper, you know, trademarked for the no huddle podcast here. Um, And so maybe they are going to put him in or is that going to be Jake Brendel who? Kyle Shanahan blamed for that fumbled snap. He did not blame Jimmy on that. He said that Brent, everybody else went on one and Brendel went on two. I asked my buddy Tim Sprinkles, who I host the no, uh, the Denim Dungeon podcast with, former uh, collegiate quarterback. I asked him flat out in the game when it happened, whose fault was that? He said Jimmy. Uh, the ball hit Jimmy in the hands. So the fact that, again, Kyle Shanahan is not, not blaming Jimmy for that, um, I don't know, but the reality is as well, guys, I know that we asked for positives and, and Hufunga is a positive. Mitch Wisnowski is a positive. The defense overall is a positive. 
the ascension of D'Amico Ryans to arguably the best defensive coordinator in the NFL. That was my argument last night on Twitter. I think that's a positive. Coming out of that game, though, Trent Williams, high ankle sprain, going to miss quite a bit of time. Uh, Aziz Alshair, MCL sprain, just like Elijah Mitchell, out six to eight weeks, which means that since the beginning of camp, the 49ers have lost the following players to multiple week or season-ending injuries. QB1, left tackle one, arguably center one or two, depending on what you think Brunskill is. Tight end one, running back one, running back three, weak side linebacker one, and free safety one. Injuries, once again, a theme for the 49ers uh, season, right? And and I had tweeted that out, and somebody replied, NFC Championship game, rehab season, NFC Championship game, rehab season. Is this a pattern? I hope to mm-hmm. God it's not. Yeah, and we'll get into that more. Obviously, the Trent Williams injury is huge, and we'll get into that yeah. more at our, our show at the end of the week because it's going to be McKivitz from what Kyle Shanahan said. Yeah. McKivitz did okay last year. You know, the Niners have had a lot of time where they've had to rely on backup linemen, and they've generally did, done okay over the past couple of years, whether it's been Skule and Brunskill or McKivitz last year. So we'll see. But obviously you take the best left tackle in the game out, and you're going to miss him. And they certainly did Sunday night, um, and they will moving forward. But we'll get into more of that with the offensive line. The Brunskill thing is a good point, Brian. I'm really curious. When Kyle said that, I was curious, well, is he going to play? Because I wasn't sure he was, and now maybe he will. So we'll have to talk about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Go I ahead, think man. that w- when it comes down to it, there's there's a couple things now that they have to stem, they have to stem the tide from the Trent Williams injury. Best left tackle in all of football is now out for probably half the season, and in a in a situation where you're not able to run the ball, uh, the Debo kind of handoffs and backfield runs, like it seems as if like the league has kind of got smart to it, and and they're not as effective any, as as effective anymore. Um, it just seems like this offense, like it just hasn't, it just looks very similar the entire time. The only difference is that like you see these Debo runs out of the backfield and this wide back position that, that has been created, but otherwise it looks the exact same as it did four or five years ago. And to me, that's, that's the most concerning thing is that they just, they just haven't seemed to have evolved. And when you have injuries, you have to find new and creative ways to be able to win games and, and to be able to do that, they'll have to evolve and they'll be interested to see if they can. It's a long season, guys. Like we, we talked about this already earlier in the show, and last year is an example of that. You don't want to start that way, but you know it just shows that you can make it. So a lot of stuff can happen. I, they should really be 3-0, honestly. They should be 3-0. They should not be sitting at 1-2 right now, possibly like you know 1-3 one and, one and if they lose to the Rams. But, hey, if you win against the Rams, you're 2-2, two and two and you're right back to the top of the division. So it's, it's a very competitive positive. division. That is a positive right there. So that is a must win against the Rams. I feel like you have to you have to get that game because if you get down a one and three hole, it's it's not impossible. But with the top of the division in your grasp, you have to take advantage of that. So we'll see, guys. I mean, like I'm this was a good therapy session. I'm more optimistic at the end of this than I was at the beginning. But really, it just depends on your quarterback, right? Like if they even got mediocre quarterback play. Last night they would have won, right? They got worse than mediocre. They got terrible quarterback play. That's that's the unfortunate reality. Yeah, someone we'll commented. I would say someone commented, "We are not beating the Rams." I would like to remind that person that the Rams beat the Cardinals twenty to twelve, and the Rams have not looked good at all this season. 
And for what it's worth, the 49ers beat the Rams in week 18 with Colton McKivitz at left tackle and Tom Compton at right tackle. So it has been done before. Yeah. And, you know, we'll get into that game on our next show because it's a huge game. They can't go one and three. So it is a big game. We'll talk about that. Before we get out of here, I want to throw one more stat out at you. You brought up Debo's run, Zane. He's had runs of 27 and 51 yards this year. But other than that, his other 15 carries have only gained 33 yards. So, yeah, last uh, week three, I think he had five carries for six yards. So teams are starting to kind of key in on that. And that is something to watch, too. If that doesn't work. We have something else. So but we'll get into I would that. Also, hold on. I would say, Al, before before you before you send us on out of here, I would like to shout out uh, on this uh, on this broadcast, not obviously on the screen. Uh, we do have uh, a new member of the team. Uh, Ryan Smith is our producer for Odyssey. And uh, one thing that he did, uh, we were talking about prior to going live. Uh, if you take out the two long runs from Jeff Wilson Jr. last night, uh, the San Francisco run game rushed 15 times for 33 yards. Oof. I didn't realize that. That's not not going to cut it. Man. All right. Well, we'll get into this more in our next show. Until then, for Zane and Brian, this is Al. Peace. <laughs>